Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome in, episode 198, What's Right with Nick Wright, and this episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app, you guys know why, for McDelivery. I love it because it's perfect for any situation. It's pouring rain, or as it is in New York right now, light snow, and you don't want to go out to get your delicious McDouble. McDelivery. Let's say your team's playing, and you don't want to miss a single second. McDelivery, or let's say it's been a long day, what better way to fix it than getting a delicious quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door with McDelivery. I love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or spending time with my family. And now, every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food. And who doesn't like free food? So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today. App participating McDonald's delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. All right. Apologies for not being here on Tuesday. We had a last-minute trip to Los Angeles, the whole show did, uh, to speak at the Fox Sports Town Hall, which was an awesome event. I'm really glad I ended up going. And then everyone, a lot of other people, flew out right after the show. I couldn't because I had something to do with Colin Cowherd for his Herd for the Holiday special. And then right after that, the Prince was playing. And my goodness, was that almost a traumatic experience watching the Prince. It looked like break his leg, but turns out he's okay. So I didn't get back to New York till about landed at JFK like around 9.30 in the morning on Tuesday. So there's no way to do the show. But man, oh man, do we have a lot to catch you up on. First, let's get to what missed the cut in today's show. Not in today's show is the thing I just mentioned. The Prince suffering a high ankle sprain. Luca dropping a 40-point triple-double. And Times Person of the Year, Taylor Swift, saying football is awesome. What is in the show today is, of course, Demonze. Demonze, great to see you. This was one of the good That's things it. about going to Los Angeles. You and I got some good quality time together. Hung out on Sunday watching football. We'll discuss those circumstances in a moment. Uh, went to a nice early dinner on Monday. The The West Coast time throws me off, man. I was, like, tired every day. I look, it's 4.30 in the afternoon. It's very confusing. But we had a very nice early dinner. Got to see you in your work environment on the Fox lot. So that was all great. And uh, I hope you had a good time. I Again, we'll talk Amazing. about the, great weekend. the Sunday football watching in a moment. But... This this week here is a pretty wild. If you'd have told, I I know this is kind of cliche. Like if you'd have told twenty year old me this, it'd be hard to believe. But Demonze and I on Sunday watched the football game, the Chiefs Packers game at Lil Wayne's house. As he's a diehard Packer fan, I'm a diehard Chiefs fan. Demonze oddly is a die easy, as Jacoby would say, Ravens fan. But he was, in, you know, so he was able to be somewhat neutral in it. Um, and now tomorrow I leave town to go to 
Atlantis in the Bahamas to play in the World Series of Poker and to do some things with the good people at the WSOP and I am playing in. I am taking my shot, as Mike McDee would say, uh, and I'm going to play in the $50,000 high roller tournament down there where I am a massive underdog where it will be, you know, 50 to 60 of the best play- poker players in the world, 10 to 20 just wealthy businessmen and me, uh, where I fall into neither category. I aspire to be both one day, actually, as it happens. I aspire to one day be a wealthy businessman, and I aspire one day to be one of the 50 or 60 best poker players in the world. But, Demonze, what I... So, when I was in college... There, I can't tell you how many times I would be sitting in my dorm room playing, at the time it was Poker Stars, $30 sit-and-goes while listening to Go DJ by Lil Wayne. So the fact that within a seven-day time span, I will have watched a Chiefs-Packers game at his house along with you, and by the way, and I know we're going to talk about it more in a moment, but Demonze, to his credit, played it very cool. Demonze not starstruck, not Instagramming. I actually was the one that suggested, hey, before we leave, why don't we take a picture? Demonze kept it together far better than I think most would have in that environment. But the fact that we got to do that, and now tomorrow I go play alongside Daniel Negreanu, and, well, Helmuth probably won't play in this one, but Jason Kuhn and Josh Aria and the best poker player, Maria Ho, I'm sure is in it. Shout out to Maria Ho, my friend, who just finished third in a field of almost 2,000 people, probably should have won the tournament, got a little unlucky at the end for a nice $200,000 payday on a $1,500 buy-in. I sweated her action all night last night watching her play. She did great, Um, but it's really cool. And I'm really excited, and I don't know if the audience cares or is interested in that. I hope they are, but I just, you know, we can't really, I, I can't peel back the layer on my personal life on the TV show the way I can on the pod, so there's a little update on everything. Before we get to um, Chiefs-Packers, Demonze, let's get to the game coming up this weekend. Go right ahead. Uh, yeah, so Buffalo heads to Kansas City and a uh, must-win yeah. game. Uh, yep. I don't know who it's a more must-win game for between Kansas City and Buffalo. Probably Buffalo because of the math. Uh, but are yep. you worried at all about Mahomes losing this game? Oh, yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Let's talk about it from the Chiefs' angle, then we'll do the Bills' angle. This is because the if the Chiefs had taken care of business against Green Bay, they would have a game to play with. Because I do not believe Miami or Baltimore is going to run the table. And in fact, it's impossible for them both to run the table as they play each other later in the year. So one of them is guaranteed a loss. And I think with Baltimore having Rams, Jags, Niners, Dolphins, Steelers, I think they probably have two losses left in them, but definitely one. And Miami's got Titans, Jets, Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. I think they probably, let me put it like this. The team that loses the Miami-Baltimore head-to-head, I think is going to lose at least twice. The team that wins it probably only loses one more time. And so had the Chiefs won the Packers game, 
they would be able to lose one more the rest of the way and almost still assuredly be the one seed, home field and the bye. Because they lost that Packers game, in order to really have a great chance at the bye, they probably have to run the table. Not definitely, but probably have to run the table. And for people skeptical of the Chiefs' chances of that, I understand. But after the Bills game, it's Patriots, Raiders, Bengals, Chargers. So they should be in, I mean, the Patriots are the worst team in the league. The Raiders haven't have beaten the Chiefs once in Mahomes' career. The Bengals, no Joe Burrow. And then the Chargers in Week 18 already eliminated would be my guess. That's a very, very runnable slate. But it starts with, as DeMonze mentioned, a desperate Buffalo team. And Josh Allen, who at Arrowhead has shot fireballs out his eyes the last couple years. Even in the playoff loss, he was excellent. And so, from a Chiefs perspective... If they look lethargic or sloppy or disjointed, it's not because, oh, they overlooked this team. It's not because, oh, uh, you know what I mean, the game didn't matter that much. It's because right now there's real issues. And so now, of course, and on the flip side, there are some real structural advantages for Buffalo in this game. Buffalo is off a bye. Not only are the Chiefs not off a bye, they played Sunday night and got the crap kicked out of them. I don't mean from a score perspective, I mean from an injuries perspective. I mean, there were a lot of Chiefs players, you know, one guy got carted off, another guy got a concussion. Uh, there were a lot, you know, Isaiah Pacheco showed up on the injury report yesterday, didn't practice, dealing with a shoulder. So there's a lot of wear and tear. So it is not an easy spot for Kansas City. And if they win, then I think we will look at this last five weeks of going two and three as people somewhat overreacting to, you know, a bit of a slump. If they lose, I'll be on here Tuesday and I'll be telling you that the Chiefs, it's hard to say in trouble because of the context of the rest of the conference. Trevor is hurt. Burrow is out for the year. Even with a win, the Bills are an underdog to even make the playoffs. The Steelers are on their backup quarterback. The Browns are on their third-string quarterback. The th There is a lot of upheaval within the conference. So I would still think the Chiefs would have a more than a gr good chance to end up coming out on the other side and playing in their second straight Super Bowl and their fourth in the last fifth year five years, but it won't be because the team, you know, has no issues. Now to the Bills side of things, and this is where I think the beginning of this game, DeMonze, is hypercritical, and the Bills have started slowly. That's been one of their issues. Everybody is recognizing the Bills are coming off a bye, and McDermott's 6-0 and off a bye, and historically, teams coming off a bye are hard to beat. Got it. Especially good teams. I'm not certain how good the bye was for Buffalo from a psychological perspective because of where it came. It came right after another devastating defeat 
where it felt like they should have won, they found a way to lose to Philly. It would be, you know, a couple weeks removed from them inventing a way to lose against Denver. And if you're Buffalo, again, we're removed from it now, but just pretty recently, your star receiver's brother was openly tweeting about how your star receiver needs to get out of there and how your quarterback wasn't that good till he got there. And the Chiefs, over the course of the year, no team in the league has done better against number one receivers than the Chiefs. Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, what they've been able to do against those guys. So there is a scenario where the Chiefs, who even in their struggles, have done pretty well on their opening drives. The Chiefs get out to a nice, you know, 10 nothing lead. And Buffalo, Josh Allen starts to press a bit. Diggs is yelling at people on the sideline. And all of a sudden, we have a real potential issue there because this is a team that is desperate and does know that they have to probably run the table. Josh Allen said it yesterday. These are all playoff games for us now. So, There would be something extra satisfying, Demonze, about the Chiefs ending their slump by ending the Bills' season, but this is not an easy matchup or an easy opponent, and the the one-and-a-half-point spread indicates that. All right, what else you got here? Uh, So how was it um, watching that? We're going back to Lil Wayne right now, right? Yeah, sure. My question is how – okay, sweet. How is it feeling to, uh, you know, be a diehard Chiefs fan going up against Lil Wayne, who's a diehard Green Bay Packers fan, and lose the game? Well, well. In his house. So, Demonze, tell the audience <laughs> the story that you relayed to me on the ride home about what I said when I walked in the room, because it was Wayne and three of his buddies, about, because yeah. it was the the four o'clock games were had just started when we got there. So there was the yeah. obviously the Eagles Niners game and the other games the Panthers Bucks game and the other games going on. Tell them what I said and then we'll just you it's your story you tell. So it. as soon as he, as soon as he walks in he goes uh kind of ask anybody you know if you've got any sweat in this game or money on the game I don't want to you know aggressively root against you if you've got anything on it cuz that'd be rude. And uh yeah. you know he For gave Eagles, that Eagles Niners yeah, exactly. And, and so, and, and one of the guys said he was he had bet the Niners, uh, but he was like, "But you do whatever you want." I was like, "No," and I was rooting for the Eagles in that spot because I had right. picked them. But I kind of, you know what I mean. Aside from trying to sweat Demonze's teaser, which once again was dead in the water, um, I, we basically kept quiet. Sorry, pal. I had I couldn't resist. All right, <laughs> but go ahead. Yeah, so I mean that whole thing happened. He stuck by it, abided by it, and then the Packers Kansas yeah. City game came on. And I kind of just did. I wasn't really thinking about what you said, like technically, but uh, but yeah, Chiefs Packers came on and they were rooting their asses off. Man, they did not care about who was oh, in the man. building. They, they were, were they crazy. were really Wayne putting screaming. it in my face, <laughs> screaming. Um, and so, uh, but it was. I mean, it was a somewhat surreal experience just being there. And the craziest part was. It, and I'll let you have the floor here. Was happened before the, the game? Yeah the uh, the commercial. He obviously had like an ad read vo whatever you want to call it before the game, and um, I think he kind of had a setting in his house to where like it turned up louder at that moment. 
But it was just really crazy being in being in his house with him while that commercial played. And like that was like one of my favorite Lil Wayne songs, like the instrumental was the right above it song. Um, and it was just a really dope experience. Like that was the one the one thing that just like really stuck out to me. And um in the morning when I woke up, I still couldn't believe that it happened. It was a really crazy moment, man. Um yeah. like one of the greatest rappers of all time. Um but, uh, with by the way the setup so in his living room is a giant television that you can split into four games or just one TV there's so if like to the right of the picture of Demonze and Wayne and then on the right hand side was a five level what would be for most people bookshelf uh like you know one of those hanging from the wall bookshelves but there are no books on it instead it was not exaggerating right 75 like 30, Seventy-five. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Right. I mean, one of the rows, one shelf itself had twenty, so I think at least seventy different big-time trophies. It was yeah. like a row of just BET awards, a row of Soul Train awards, along with MTV awards, a row where the Grammys were the centerpiece, and then on the wall were all these platinum records and plaques. Yeah. I mean, it was. And I'm going to say one other thing that was such a. And Demonte's right. He did the voiceover for the the. It wasn't a commercial so much as it was the game intro. Like and it, so yeah. he does like a poem to introduce the game. And he's such a good guy, man. I t- I text him Saturday because again this was last minute trip. I'm like, hey, I'm coming into town. I just realized it's Chiefs Packers. Like obviously I knew that, but I hadn't been thinking about it. That's your team and my team. Uh, what are you doing for the game? And he instantly hit me back, and he was like, well, I'm, I did the intro for the game. I think they want me to come out for the game, but I'm going to tell them I can't because my man Nick's in town, which I don't know how, like, honest, like, if that's the real reason he didn't go, but that's what he said. And so then, and then he hit me up first thing Sunday morning, was like, when are you coming over for the game? And I told him uh, you were coming. He said, great, because you had actually oddly met him at right, the lot like on the Friday. Before. Like crazy timing of it uh, because he was coming on the lot for Undisputed. Um, But when you get into his house, he has a real, I think, 30-foot Christmas tree. Not quite the Rockefeller Center tree, but like it's, you know, little brother in his foyer, just perfectly adorned. And I was just looking at the house and I'm like, how did that get in the house? Like I, the how did it physically fit inside? Like get it in the doorway, and so during one of the commercial breaks, I said to him, "I'm like, hey, that's a real tree, huh?" He's like, "Oh yeah." I'm like, "How do they get that in here?" And he's like, "Oh, I have no idea." I'm like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "Man, all that stuff happens when I'm not here." He's like, "I just come home and it's all set up perfectly." He's like, "People take care of that." I'm like, "Ah, oh, what a life!" I was like, "That is that is the perfect way." To be rich and famous. The perfect way is just like super nice stuff, all handled by someone else. And I show up and it's like, oh, it's Christmas time in my house. I just, I just, I looked at that. I was like, ah, you really have it figured out, man. And it was the, no, so it was. You lugging the Christmas tree in and out of the house on Christmas. Yeah, you kidding? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think it's a, I thought I was happy when a year into living here, 
I was able to find out that I could pay a guy 40 bucks to deliver, to like bring it up the steps for us. Um, Wayne just shows up at home and all of a sudden he's got the Rockefeller Center tree in his living room. It's unbelievable. Um, and also it was, um, and I'm not trying to be too corny here and we'll get back to sports. It was absolutely thrilling for me that y- you and I got to share that moment together. Now your your sister, Diora, will never forgive you for it. Never forgive yeah. you for it. She was, uh, I mean, well, and so I mean, she, she goes to roll I mean, just, every year. Whatever she does, Bahamas, oh, well, yeah, whatever. She whatever. said she's had different life experiences. That's true. All right, next, Demonze. All right, so uh, Eagle stock is hitting all time low. Everybody's really low on them after getting smacked by the Niners. Uh, me as well. Yep. And while your Cowboys are riding an all time high with Dak Prescott, uh, did the Niners yep. lay out the blueprint for Dallas to beat Philly? No, I I don't think so. They, following the Niners blueprint is very very difficult. You need superstars all across the field. That's a hard blueprint to follow from a personnel perspective. I don't think. Pardon me. The Niners annihilated Philly schematically more than other teams have. They just, what the Niners, listen, Philly's defense is not good. They have a good pass rush, and that's where it ends. And so of all the top flight teams, Philly's defense to me is the worst unit. You know what I mean? Like Dallas offense, defense, San Francisco offense, defense, Philly offense, defense, Baltimore offense, defense, Kansas City offense, defense. Like right now, the second worst unit is probably the Kansas City offense. But the Kansas City offense has Mahomes and Reed, so you figure it'll get better. The Eagles defense, I mean, they're out here signing Shaq Leonard, who the once upon a time was good, but was great. But the Colts cut because he can't move anymore. So I don't think it's so much that the Niners laid a blueprint. I think it's that the Niners had the personnel to pick the defense apart the way a lot of teams have and then had the defense ability to hold the Eagles in check. It looks like you want to say something. Go ahead, Demase. Oh, no. I mean, I'm just now seeing that Goodell doesn't like the tush push, any, but I it's, it's a follow-up. Oh. Yeah, the yeah. Well, well yeah, so we'll get to that in a minute. I saw your eyes light up for a moment. Yeah, um, no, I but uh was crazy. So, the um th- so I don't think the Niners laid a blueprint because people don't have that personnel. I do think that Philly's in a rough spot right now because they have not been winning pretty. They have been winning ugly and winning close games and you know, that was what the Vikings did last year and nobody believed them. Rightfully so, right? The Eagles, because they went to the Super Bowl last season, because everyone has such respect for Jalen, because they have this kind of institutional belief, they're, they've been getting a pa- I don't want to say a pass because they have the best record in football, but it has been as simple as they know how to win. Well, if your brand is you know how to win, can't lose too straight. And I think they're losing this weekend. Dal- Dak Prescott, uh, since Sirianni became the Eagles head coach in 2021, here's what Dak Prescott has done against Philly. First game, 21 of 26, 238 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 143 rating. Next game, 21 of 27, 295 yards, five touchdowns, five touchdowns, no picks, a 152 rating. Next game. 27 of 35, 347 yards, three touchdowns, one pick, a 124 rating. And the game this year that they lost, 
29 of 41, 374 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, a 115 rating. I mean, that is, he has picked apart this Eagles defense over the last three years. And so I think Dallas at home this year, they beat the Giants by 20, the Patriots by 35, the Rams by 23, the Giants by 32, the Commanders by 35, and Seattle by just six. The Cowboys at home this year have scored 30, 38, 43, 49, 45, 41. I think it's a rough spot for Philadelphia, man. And there are a lot of downstream effects for the, if the Cowboys win this game. Uh, and so, Demonze, before we get to the Goodell thing, ask the first follow-up for me. Yeah, how badly do the Eagles need a win here to uh, s- save the one seed from San Francisco? Yeah, so that's the so that's the thing. If Dallas wins or loses, if they lose, they're guaranteed to be the five seed. If they win, they're still probably the five seed. Because in order for them to win the division over Philadelphia, they need Dallas needs to win this game, go undefeated the rest of the way, and Dallas the rest of the way, by the way, has uh they I know they have the Lions, I know they have the Dolphins after and they have one other, I think, somewhat tough game. Uh, oh, the Bills. They they go after Philly, they go at the Bills, at the Dolphins, home for the Lions, at the Commanders. So for Dallas to beat Philly for the division, they have to win this game and go undefeated, and Philly has to lose one more. And Philly's next four are, after Dallas, at Seattle, tough-ish, and then Giants, Cardinals, Giants. So even win or lose, Dallas is probably the five seed. Philly, on the other hand, while a loss will not cost them the division, a loss at, at least temporarily and maybe for the rest of the year could cost them the one seed. Because now that the Niners have the better head-to-head record, if the Niners run the table, if they the then Philly is the two seed with a win. Or maybe the three, I'm not sure, the tiebreaker with Detroit. So it is a critical spot for Philly. Now the Niners... Still have to play the Seahawks this week. They play the Ravens in two weeks, and they finish with the Rams and what could be a desperate Rams team, along with being at the Cardinals, at the Commanders. So it's not like the Niners are guaranteed to run the table, but yeah, it'd be a very big swing for Philadelphia, and it's why they need to win this game, but I don't think they will. Um, All right, next. Now you can get to the tush-push thing. Yeah, so Goodell doesn't like the tush-push. It seems like he has plans on banning it. Uh, So um... you can go ahead and gloat. Uh, as well, listen, uh, classic category two opinion, eventually unambiguously correct. And if you read the report, which Demonze evidently didn't, because this was breaking news to him right now in real time, um, <laughs> uh, the, the full, the report was Demonze that it's not about player safety. You know why Goodell doesn't like it? It's cause it's, it's ugly. ugly play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody got all mad at your buddy Nick Wright. We're like, oh, that's ridiculous. And I said, guys, you're yelling into the void. Whether I'm, whether this is morally <laughs> or in fairness correct, right or wrong, doesn't matter. What I know is the NFL is the world's most popular television show. And if the guy in charge of a TV show looks at it and is like, hmm, what, you know, we have 32 cities that watch this show. There's a character on it 
that 31 of the cities hate and one of them loves, well, we're probably going to eliminate that character. And especially if I can couch it behind some other reasoning. So it was always going away. Theory. What's that? All right. So you know how everybody's been on Jalen Hurts' head. You know, he's all handsome. He's perfect. He's got demons. I'm going to expose mm-hmm. him. Uh, so the last mm-hmm. tush push that Jalen Hurts did, he just kind of like walked into the end zone. Like he, he scored. Mm-hmm. And you remember yep. he just walked in? I think Adele's like, hey, dude, like you got to cut that out, man. That's dead. The, He's just walking in the end zone looking all pretty and shit. Sorry, I mean, see that. Well, okay. All right. This maybe workshop that opinion a little more. And then, but I think there was, there's a kernel to it. I think you on to something there potentially. <laughs> yeah, I think we could have workshopped that a bit more. Um, what I do think is that here's the one thing I'm afraid of as someone who believes his team's going to go to the Super Bowl and potentially play the Eagles. I think it is on the board that the Eagles could tush-push, brotherly shove, whatever, more often and more effectively. I think it is on the board that if they really had to, they could get two to three yards from this play almost every time. And they haven't been doing that because they don't want it banned. If it comes down that it's getting banned either way next season, then you could see an all-brotherly-shove drive. You could see them be like, you know what, let's just try this. Let's just, all we need is to get two to three yards every time, go for it on fourth downs. You certainly, here's what I really do believe. I think they could get it, get a two-point conversion on it, which is two yards out 80% of the time, which means they should be doing it on the two-point conversion uh, 80% of the time, or they should be doing it every time. If they can get 80%, they can double the points. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we all knew this was going away. All right, let's go to Purdy. All right. Yeah. Speaking of future MVPs, uh, Purdy is at the top of the MVP race. You're obviously not too high on this or on that. And it wouldn't be the first time you said the same thing about Jokic when he won his back-to-back MVPs. Uh, so how would Brock, how would, okay. How would Brock Purdy, if he ended up getting this MVP, how would this stack up historically against the other MVPs? Would this look stupid? I mean, it'd be an embarrassment, but um, it's not the Jokic thing. So here's the deal. At no point was anyone, including me, questioning, is Nikola Jokic the best nugget? At no point was there an argument made that other guys on the Nuggets were more valuable or better at what they did than Jokic. The argument was very clear. Is Jokic the fifth or sixth best player in the league, like I thought, or the best player in the league, like a lot of other people thought? And they were correct, and I was wrong on that. That is so entirely different than an MVP for a guy who everyone acknowledges is not the best player on his team is not doesn't is not the I mean you can say valuable you can say every team's quarterback is their most valuable guy but a team a, a player who by any historical metric other than the raw stats that's what he has going in his favor the raw numbers are elite any type of deeper level analysis works against him and people think 
I am picking on Brock Purdy. Go ahead, Demonze. Isn't your argument always just raw numbers, though, like with LeBron? Like back in the day, I feel like the stats, highest amount of points, assists, rebounds, raw numbers. But like now it's this other guy, Brock Purdy. The raw numbers aren't a big deal. It's, oh, he's got superstars with him. What's going on? Okay, so a number, so a few things. One is, of course the numbers matter to a degree in any of these arguments, right? That's first of all. But second of all, I do hope everyone heard what you did, which other people have done, which we now have compared Brock Purdy within 90 <laughs> seconds to Nikola Jokic and LeBron James. And yet I'm the hater because I'm like, let's pump the brakes a bit, guys. Let's just pump the brakes a bit. And and have a real conversation here. Um, what is so intriguing to me is everyone is doing to Tua what I'm doing to Purdy. I'm just doing it to both of them. You seen Tua's raw numbers? Hell, the last two years. You can even make a stronger argument for Tua because that team fell apart. When he wasn't there, while the Niners were rolling people in the final four games after they got Christian McCaffrey before Brock took over with Jimmy freaking Garoppolo. But yet with Tua, everyone's like, okay, he's fine. Tyreek is amazing. The system is great. And the numbers are inflated. I, there is, I did this the other day and I don't think people actually disagree with me. I did it off the air, actually, but I'll do it on the air here, which is if, and people can say this is unfair or this isn't the point. It is to me, at least in part. So everyone can have their own takes on things, but if right now the league disbanded and everyone was starting a team and we said, okay, you, everyone must take a quarterback first. How many of the current quarterbacks, you don't know what the rest of your team's going to look like. Your first piece is your quarterback. How many of the other quarterbacks in football would go off the board before Brock? Now, that doesn't mean all these guys are having better seasons, any of that. But let's just do this thought exercise, okay? So I'll go through a few. Patrick Mahomes. Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence. Is the is the contract incorporated? Nope. We don't have to worry about the contract. I'm just talking about the player's ability. Um Justin Herbert. I'm oh, CJ Stroud, obviously. Obviously. Kyler. Kyler is a a question, but for me, I would I I would take Kyler with his warts. The small uh, over Brock Purdy. Over Brock Purdy. I would take. Well, Brock Purdy's not exactly a strapping man. I mean, Brock Purdy's a little bit bigger than Kyler. He's not a he's not prototypical size. I this is where and now this is where people will say I've gone too far. If you were again asking me, uh. You get this guy, you don't know what the rest of your team's going to look like. I would take Anthony Richardson because of the upside of it. Now, we've only seen him play a handful of games, but I people can say that's crazy. I'm telling you this right now. The Indianapolis Colts, who drafted him fourth overall, 
on draft day would not have traded the fourth overall pick for Brock Purdy. I guarantee you that. So that's 11 guys I already mentioned, and I didn't even get to Matt Stafford, Kirk Cousins, Tua. Uh, is there anyone else obvious that I... the I know some people these days are caping for Russ, but th- that's it. So we all, I think, in large part agree with that. We also all agree that the Niners have the best collection of offensive talent in the league. We also all agree that we have seen this team function at a super high level with a mediocre at best quarterback in Jimmy Garoppolo. So all of that is to say this. We probably shouldn't give him the league's MVP award. Is he better than I thought? Maybe. Is he overachieving? Definitely. Is he doing what Kyle Shanahan wanted him to do? Sure. Does that mean you should be the league's MVP? Of course not. And do we think, and and folks, by the way, folks try to hit me with the trump card they think of, oh, well, what did you, th- what did you think of Kurt Warner when he won an MVP in 99, fresh off being a grocery bagger? And you know what I thought? It's a bad MVP award. Sorry, guys. You know, Kurt Warner's a good player, better than Brock Purdy. But why do I think that Rams team was unbelievable? Do I think it had more to do with Marshall Falk, Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, uh, Orlando Pace, the other, like, you know, Hall of Famers on the team that were already established Hall of Fame caliber players? Yeah, I do. So I'm at least consistent with it. I'm yet to find someone that is making the Brock Purdy has-to-be-MVP argument. Uh, If you feel that way, then Tua Tungavailoa better be a close second for me. Neither one's in my top five because neither one's the most valuable player on their own offense, let alone in the entire league. All right, last. All right, well, the in-season tournament semifinals tip off tonight in Vegas, and you got your Lakers taking on the Pelicans, and the Pacers yep. are going to be playing the Bucks. So which type of team do you give the edge to in these in-season tournament types of things? Uh, do you give it to the more veteran-style teams or the more like young and hungry rookies? Well, I I think there is something to be said if the veteran teams weren't taking it seriously that you would like the younger teams where the money means more to them and that type of thing. But I don't think that's the, the case here. The Lakers are a very veteran team. They are undefeated in in-season tournament play. They've been playing their best basketball in the in-season tournament games. And... Uh, the Bucks, I think, who are a very veteran team, are using this as like a playoff dry run, which, by the way, I know they scored 140, and that's great, but if that's what that defense is going to look like in the playoffs, that's a problem for the Bucks. I think the Bucs are going to lose tonight. I think Tyrese Halliburton is going to have a combined 55 points and assists tonight. I think he's going to put up a 40 and 15 on this Milwaukee defense. I think the Lakers are going to roll the Pelicans, and we're going to get a Lakers-Pacers final, even though a Lakers-Bucks final would be the um, the most kind of you know marquee for the league. My biggest takeaway from the first in-season tournament quarterfinal, the Lakers one, was this. That was the first time we've seen LeBron James fully healthy in a playoff environment since the finals. And shockingly, a few weeks before he turns 39 as the oldest guy in the league, 
on the court with Booker, KD, Anthony Davis, LeBron was the best guy once again. Because LeBron, in the, the year they were defending the title, had the ankle injury that had knocked him out for two months right before the playoffs, and last year was hobbled by the broken foot, and you you know couldn't really could only do it in bursts, short bursts. The other night we saw fully functional LeBron at in a playoff environment, and all of a sudden he's back to scoring 15 points in the fourth quarter and taking over the game. Here's one other bonus take on the in season tournament. There is nothing the LeBron uh, haters, if you will, would like more than for him to make the in season tournament final and lose it. For the, for the Jordan Acolytes, the in-season tournament means absolutely nothing. It's a fake trophy. It doesn't matter. It's a Mickey Mouse type of thing. Unless, and of course, LeBron loses in the finals, in which case they will call it a finals loss for him. Quick break, right back, <laughs> what's right. But before we go to break... Uh, this episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. It's perfect for any situation. Let's say it's pouring rain or freezing cold as it is right now in New York. You don't want to go out to get your McDouble. McDelivery. Let's say your team's playing. You don't want to miss a single second. McDelivery. Let's say it's been a long day. What better way to fix it than getting a quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door? I love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or hanging out with my family. And now, every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food. And everybody loves free food. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's. Delivery prices may be higher than at rest. Restaurants, delivery, and other fees may apply. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. Are you ready to take control of your health and conquer your weight loss goals? Look no further than Factor, your ultimate solution to better eating. Each Factor meal is always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. No more waiting around or spending hours in the kitchen. Just heat and eat. It's that simple. Over 35 different options to choose from each week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor ensures you'll never get bored. With more than 60 add-ons to help you stay full and feeling good all day long. Pancakes, smoothies, and more. With Factor, there's no prepping, no cooking, and certainly no cleanup needed. The best part? You can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Sign up and save because we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Eat better, feel better, and conquer your day with Factor. So what are you waiting for? Head to factormeals.com slash nickwright50 and use code nickwright50 to get 50% off. That's code nickwright50 at factormeals.com slash nickwright50 to get 50% off. Fuel up. Eat better and achieve greatness. Get started today. All right, Demonze. Um, and also a reminder for everybody out there: uh, put your questions, or bets, or questions, whatever you want, in the chat. So there was one other. Before we get to last week's gambling picks, there was one other silver lining to watching the football game in LA. Whether it was at Wayne's house or not, it would have been a silver lining. 
It probably saved me, Demonze, a few thousand dollars watching the Chiefs game in California because I I was very confident they were going to find a way to win that game. And there were various times they were, you know, two-and-a-half-point favorites, then two-and-a-half-point dogs, then five-point dogs. And if I were in New York... I would have been able to open my old gambling app and just fire, fire, fire. And I reflexively was trying to do it. But I was in California where the apps don't work. And so I was, as I'm watching, getting angrier and angrier. Because I'm like, man, the Chiefs are going to come back. This is going to cost me so much. But I ended up getting off scot-free. Unfortunately, my picks cannot say the same. And this was our worst week of the year. We can show it to you. It was bad on all accounts. Started off well with Houston laying three and a half against Denver. And then from there, it did not go great. A little bad luck, but mostly bad picks. Tampa against Carolina. I laid five. Tampa won by three. I happen to think I deserved a push there. They were up five and Carolina got a two-point conversion. That was a little frustrating. Tennessee plus one and a half against uh, Indy. That game went to freaking overtime. Tennessee kicked a field goal. The Colts roll down the field and score a touchdown. I lose. So those two are a little unlucky. The other two are just a disaster. Philly plus three against uh, against San Francisco. That's a disaster. And Kansas City minus six at Green Bay. That's a disaster. However, I'm looking at the graphics. These graphics are wrong. It says my season record is 30, 33, and 1, which on its face is wrong because that's not divisible by 5. You guys left out my one win because last week I was 30, 29, and 1. So whoever's in charge of graphics, I'm going to just blame Daniel, did not add the win as I earned it. I am 31, 33, and 1, sir. 100% Daniel's fault. I knew it. Guy's always trying to shortchange me ever since I questioned the Nuggets' continuity in the offseason. He's still not over it. So I'm two games below 500. What made it worse, Demonze, is I gave out my own can't-miss teaser, and both teams lost outright. I gave out the Chiefs Jag six point teaser. The Chiefs down to a pick'em. They lost by eight. The Jags down to minus two and a half. They lost by three. That was very upsetting and disappointing. Uh, but we turn the page, we move forward, and we get to this week's picks. Two games below five hundred. So four and one. I'll be back above five hundred for the year. The the elusive five and zero. Oh, and I'll be a couple games over 500, three games over, actually. Demonze, what's the first one? First one, you got Rams at Baltimore. Uh, Rams plus 7.5 at Baltimore, by the way. Uh, okay. So Rams plus 7.5 at Baltimore. This is one of those things that you hear about all the time, about, oh, the West Coast team going East. And that is difficult for them to win. But that almost has been baked too much into these point spreads, where over the last four years, West Coast teams going east are 51 and 33 against the spread. 
Now, what is not good about this is Harbaugh coming off a bye, and what is not good about this is the Rams. The way to get after the Rams is to have a legit pass rush to be able to get to Stafford because the Rams do not have a great offensive line, and the Ravens this year, their defensive front has been as good as anybody in football. But the 7.5 for a Rams team that's been playing well, look at the Rams' losses this year. By seven to the Niners, by three to the Bengals, by nine to the Eagles, and the the again that wouldn't have covered the seven and a half, but it's that's nine points by seven to the Steelers, and then the they got blown out and annihilated by the Cowboys, and they got beat soundly by the Packers. But that was a game where the Rams defense bowed up. They they didn't get blown out because of the defense. Their offense just couldn't. Uh, move the football. If you remember, I picked the Cowboys to annihilate the Rams because I didn't think the Rams could block them. I think the Rams' offense right now is a little better, and this, I could see this being a one-score game in the fourth quarter, but even if it's not, the Ravens have not been good at just stepping on teams' throats. They let the Chargers right back in that game. Obviously, they have three losses this year where they let the other teams come from way behind to win. The Rams plus 7.5 is a spot where at plus 6.5, I wouldn't take them. Plus 7.5, I just think that line's a touch too big. Uh, McVay understands that the Rams right now are positioned well for the playoffs. They're going to be up for this game. I like the Rams plus seven and a half at Baltimore. Next. Houston minus three and a half at the Jets. Okay. So all the trends go against this. Stroud hasn't done well against the spread as a favorite. Road favorites coming off a long home stretch are are like 26 and 44 uh, against the spread the last 20 years. Uh, the, The Jets are on a long losing streak, which those teams tend to cover. I understand all the trends have this as a flatly square bet. But the fact of the matter is this. The Jets, Demonza, here's a fun one for you. They've played 12 games, right? The Jets have. How many offensive touchdowns do you think they have for the season? Uh, five. Just give it a guess. Well, that's too low. You're bad at this game. Ten. Ten, ten. offensive touchdowns. Five. You, five. You saying five makes ten not have the impact, just so you know. That's less than one a game. The whole team has ten offensive touchdowns on the year. The Jets are going back to Zach Wilson after he begged to never have to play football again and then lied about it, in my opinion, at the press conference. I thought that was shameful. Aaron Rodgers wanting them to do a Mission Impossible-style mole hunt. Robert Sala is staring at after last year finishing the year on a six-game losing streak, potentially finishing this year on a 10-game losing streak. It's all bad with the Jets. And while I understand the Texans lost Tank Dell due to injury last week and that's going to hurt them, I believe in C.J. Stroud. I believe this Jets defense has had its soul sapped by the Jets offense. The Texans, on the other hand, while they haven't been blowing teams out, they've won four or five with the only loss coming against the Prince. I think that this is a 24-6 to type of win for Houston going to New York, 
getting back in the playoff picture, getting to 8-5. and five. I like that this is purely a fading Zach Wilson and Robert Sala coach-quarterback combo. I like the Jets plus, or I'm sorry, the Texans minus 3.5. Next. Seattle plus 10.5 at San Francisco. Okay. So, San Francisco, DeMonte hates this. DeMonte is officially afraid like of the all. Niners. Um... <laughs> And the Niners blow people out. There's no doubt about it. And the Niners have had massive success this year and last year, including the playoff game against Seattle. As let me what, what I'm talking about there is I think they have blown Seattle out. How many games in a row that they've played have they blown Seattle out? I'm going to tell well, you right they now. They blew them out they, in they, the conference championship last year. Uh, or well, the game in the before. divisional round. Game, it was the or I'm sorry, round. You screwed me. I, I screwed myself up. The wild card round, they blew them out in. Because the Niners blew out Seattle and then beat Dallas and then lost to Philly. Yeah. But this year, they lost 31-3 to two weeks ago, did Seattle. In the wild card round, the Niners won 41-23 earlier in the year. They beat them 27-7. And then later in the year, they beat them just by 8-21-13. Uh, uh, the and so there has not been a lot of success for Seattle. In fact, there's been none against San Francisco the last couple of years. But ten and a half points is too many points, given the fact that the Niners are off. In my opinion, the wild emotional high of blowing out Philadelphia. It is just they are. There is no chance that the Niners are giving this game the attention they gave the Eagles game when that was for the one seed potentially, that was for revenge to make it clear that they had gotten screwed in the NFC title title game last year for all those reasons. The Niners, I think this is a obvious deep breath, foot off the gas, uh, you know, kind of overlook an opponent, especially because they just so thoroughly dominated Seattle in their last matchup. And Seattle is full-on desperate. Seattle went from 6-3 six and three to 6-6, six and six, and after the Niners, they have Philly. So if they're going to have any type of fight in them, they need to show up early in this game. I do not think Seattle wins. But this does feel to me like a potential 24-17 type of Niners win. And for that reason, I'll take Seattle plus the points. Next. Did you already say that Purdy's 8-2 against the spread at home? I did not. Listen, they blow people out. And the the Niners are 16-4 against the spread at home in their last 20 games. But the flip side of that is uh, Pete Carroll, 55-40. Uh, as a home underdog, Geno, 21-15 against spread coming off a loss. Just 10.5 points is too many points for a divisional game where one team just got a massive win and the other team is desperate. Next. Uh, Vegas plus three versus Minnesota. Um. All right, so this is one where I look at the Raiders because of the coaching change and because... I think they like and believe in Antonio Pierce are going to have really made good use of the bye. I think Minnesota... Now, listen, both of these teams are coming off a bye. Uh, But the Raiders are 
If they are going to have any chance at staying alive for the playoffs, they have to win this week and then Thursday at home against the Chargers. The Vikings are a good story and a well-coached team, but I don't think the Vikings are substantially enough better than the Raiders for the Vikings to be laying points in Vegas. This, to me, is a line that should be Las Vegas minus a point and a half, and instead it's Las Vegas, instead of being even plus a point and a half, Las Vegas getting a full three points. That's too many for Josh Dobbs on the road, especially after we just saw him play the worst game he's ever played. The Raiders plus three points is just clearly, to me, the sharp side of this, and I will take the home team. They are equivalent talent teams. They're both coming off a bye, and I'm getting a full three points with the home team. That's where I'm going. Uh, And... uh, Peter Deeb says, if you're betting on Vikings Raiders, you have a gambling problem. Well, listen, you go where the value is. You just you can't have you you can't have any favorite sons or daughters in this. All right, next, Demonze. Kansas City minus one and a half versus Buffalo. Yeah, I think Kansas City wins. It's the when it's only a point and a half spread, you don't have to do much analysis. Who do you think is going to win? I understand there's a scenario where they win 28-27 and don't cover. But I think this is a disrespectful line. I understand the Chiefs are in a five-week slump. The Bills have been in a 12-week slump. And the fact that the Chiefs are getting less than the full three, the Chiefs were bigger favorites at home against Philly than against Buffalo. Once again, Vegas (laughs) cannot quit the Bills. They just cannot quit the Bills. And, Josh, this is not... A playoff game technically, but it kind of is. And in people's mind's eye, Josh Allen is this legendary postseason performer. He actually isn't. He has played eight career playoff games. Three of them, he has been a fire-breathing dragon. Two of them, he's been mediocre. And three of them, he's been downright bad. It's almost like even his playoff career is a bit of a roller coaster. So I think the Bills, the week off is helpful for them from a physical perspective. From a mental perspective, I don't know that it was because that team was in such disarray. I do think that, uh, I mean, when I say that Vegas can't quit the Bills, the Bills are 1-7 in seven against the spread in their last eight games. Uh, and Mahomes is 27 and 1 against the spread when it's less than when it's 3 points or less. And so for all these reasons, I think Kansas City wins. I think Kansas City ends Buffalo's season. I like Kansas City laying the point and a half. So we can give you our recap of the picks. Recap for the picks this week is the Rams plus 7.5 at Baltimore, Houston minus 3.5 at the Jets, Seattle getting 10.5 at San Francisco, Las Vegas getting 3 against Minnesota at home, and Kansas City laying 1.5 at home against Buffalo. Now to the saddest segment on sports podcasting, Demonze's teaser recap. Demonze, how's it going, pal? Well, I wouldn't say it's sad, uh, but... Well, it's going pretty. It's not happy. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. happy. But go ahead. Sorry, we went one for three on last week's teaser. Uh, Arizona plus thirteen. Yeah. Um, obviously, it was kind of that was good. The they won time. outright. 
Yeah, yeah. Philly plus two good. and a half. The one that I kind of got uh, bullied into changing on air. That one failed uh, badly. Oh, you're Kansas right. City plus. You did plus have Detroit plus three, and that one yeah. won. So yeah. I did bully you out of a winner for a loser. That is yeah. true. Fortunately for me, it didn't cost you the bet because you also had the Chiefs. Yeah, it was a tough yeah. one. Are Are you getting back on the horse this week, or are you giving it up? Uh, no, I mean, I'm not going to give it up. I feel like, you know, okay. uh, what do we got? Four games, four weeks left? Five weeks? Uh, so it's just... Yeah, yeah well there are about five weeks left. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, this week's teaser, we're, we're calling this the line value teaser. It's the three-team, six-and-a-half-point mm-hmm. teaser. I'm going to tease to the zero on one of these. Just so you know, but this is the, these are the highest odds I think they've been all season. This is plus one thirty. I think the highest it's ever been is like okay. plus one ten maybe. Uh, so first, okay, we're teasing Detroit uh, up to plus three and a half. That's through the zero uh, at Chicago. At Chicago, yeah. So Detroit from a three point favorite to getting three and a half. Okay, next. Yes, I call this one. Don't trust Seattle. Scared of San Francisco mm-hmm. minus four versus. We're teasing San Francisco minus four. Uh, versus Seattle, and then we're teasing Philadelphia up to plus 10 at Dallas. Um, all right, yeah. so listen, the I, I'm proud of you for not like all of a sudden just abandoning Philly because they screwed you on a teaser last week. That's at least good process, um, and I don't think Dallas is going to blow them out. So uh, that one worries me a little, but not that much. I The San Francisco one, you're not getting a ton of key numbers. You're teasing them down to minus four. You obviously would rather be teasing them down to minus three, but I yeah. I don't hate it. And if That'd you're gonna a, tease right. through a if you're gonna tease through a zero, at least you are getting the plus three and a half. At this point, I'm just rooting for you, pal. So let's just give you a solid B. My teaser grades a B on this. I uh I don't think I think that the process the is old, a little broken. That was the old, I, listen, like, you I'm know. just rooting for it. Coach, coach, you know, coach, you, you want the coach to keep barking at you because he believes in you. When he stops barking at you is when it's a lost cause, and we're clearly yeah. there. Um. I think we're there. That is true. I think we are there, unfortunately. All right, don't forget to send in your guys' questions to the chat. Before we do that, what's the offer this week, Demonze? Uh The offer for week 14, we're going to call this Nick's Favorites. Uh, we got Chiefs minus one and a half at the Bill or versus the Bills. And the Lakers to win the in-season tournament at plus 550. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we'll do that. Lakers to beat the Pelicans, and then I think the Pacers and the Chiefs to uh, beat the Bills by at least two points. Yep, I'm, I, I accept that offer. I'm taking that offer. All right, before we go to break, this episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. I love the McDonald's app, particularly for McDelivery. I love it because it's so easy in any situation. It's pouring rain or it's freezing cold. You don't want to go out to go get a McDouble. McDelivery. Your team's playing. You don't want to miss a second. McDelivery. Or it's been a long day. What better way to fix it than getting a delicious double quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door. I love to order McDelivery when I'm watching a game or spending time with my family. And now, every time you order McDelivery, in the McDonald's app and earns you points towards free food and everyone loves free food so there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app download the McDonald's app today at participating McDonald's delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants delivery and other fees may apply copyright 2023 McDonald's this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp 
because your mental well-being matters. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of that. Unlock the power of therapy with BetterHelp and witness the transformative benefits it brings to your life. From gaining valuable insights into your thought patterns to building resilience in the face of challenges. Therapy empowers you to navigate life's twists with confidence. BetterHelp offers a convenient online platform designed to be flexible, fitting seamlessly into your schedule. With a simple questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at no extra cost. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash right to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash right. Your mental health journey begins here. All right, DeMonte, let's get to the chat questions. Go right ahead. Meg Smith asks, what do you think about the college football playoff selections? All right, so I expand on this a lot, and you'll be able to see it on Big Fox on Sunday in the Colin Coward's Heard for the Holiday Special. Uh, but I think Florida State, what happened to them is abhorrent. Uh, I do not think that the best over most deserving is a fair standard when we are it, it maybe you could argue it's a fair standard if you are in the most of possible extreme situations but you were not in this spot alabama needed a fourth and 31 to escape a mediocre auburn team 2 weeks ago and you're elevating them in place of a Florida State team. Yes, I understand Florida State's offense has been awful since uh, Jordan Travis went down. But it's a complete team. They just beat a top 20 Louisville team based on the strength of their defense. They're an undefeated uh, Power 5 school that had a tough non-conference schedule. And as soon as you open the door to leaving them out, why not put in Ohio State over Washington? I think Ohio State would be a favorite over Washington if we're doing it by Vegas standards. Ohio State's one loss is on the road uh, by less than a touchdown against the number one team in the nation. And so if the results on the field don't matter, I I just think it's wrong. So I think they got it. I, th- I personally think they screwed it up. All right, next. ASP asked, Nick, what do you think about the Pacers in their historic offensive run? Do you think they will continue to go on this run and carry it to the playoffs? How many rounds can they win? I think they'll win a round. They could maybe win two rounds. The Halliburton is unbelievable. And what they're doing there is really impressive. I don't, yeah, I know it's such a bad form, but I mean, he's an unbelievable player. It's a, uh, yeah. I, I don't think they're a real championship contender right now. But they are ahead of schedule. All right, next. Uh, Daniel Kristasek asks, should anyone on a defense uh, on a defense be getting MVP consideration? I thought Miles Garrett uh, should have been the leading candidate a couple weeks ago, but 
Blaine. He now has gone had a couple straight quiet games. He got injured. He's dealing with a shoulder injury, and the Browns haven't been quite as good. So right now, probably not. Who are you? Oh, you said Bland. No, I mean the pick sixes are fun, but he's not. He's not the most valuable player on his own team. So uh, he's not, he's not going to be the most valuable player in the league. Certainly next. Bazinga three hundred nine asked a uh, question. Do you think that the Bucks offense is so good with Giannis and Dame that it will outweigh the defensive woes in the postseason? No, not right now. I don't. I think that defense is real trouble. And may, before the year, I thought the offense would be able to overcome. And I know they just hung 140-something on the Knicks. But I think the Bucks right now look very shaky. And I'd be nervous. Third best team in the East. Uh, it's early. You think they're the third best team behind the Celtics and Sixers? Yeah. It's, I mean, there's right now there's a... Strong argument for that, for sure. Um, all right, last one. Zachary Adder asked, Nick, will your World, World Series of Poker at Atlantis be on TV or streamed anywhere? Would love to see you win some money. So listen, I just checked the streaming schedule, and right now the tournament I'm in, the 50K High Roller, is not set to be streamed. But sometimes those things change. There'll certainly be updates and uh, I will try to update as much as I can on my Instagram, maybe on Twitter as well. Uh, I'm not certain. There's other big tournaments going on during that tournament that I think is part of the streaming schedule. But I'll tell you this much: if I go on a deep run, I think that might they might put it they might stream that sucker. You've got some, you know, a uh, uh, non-pro that also is like has some profile outside of poker, if I'm going on a deep run against these Wizards, then maybe it gets streamed. But listen, I, I'm i thrilled to be there. Appreciate the ticket to paradise I got right here. Uh, and I leave in the morning. So everybody, wish me luck. All right, one more time. This episode of What's Right is brought to you by the McDonald's app. You guys know I love the McDonald's app for McDelivery. It's perfect for any situation. It's pouring rain or it's freezing cold like it is today in New York. You don't want to leave your house. Boom, McDelivery. Let's say your team's playing. You don't want to miss a single second. McDelivery. Say it's been a long day. What better way to fix that than getting a delicious quarter pounder with cheese and a large fry delivered right to your door? I personally love to order McDelivery when I'm either hanging out with my family or watching a game or maybe doing both. And now every time you order McDelivery in the McDonald's app, it earns you points towards free food and everybody likes free food. So there's always a reason to order in the McDonald's app. Download the McDonald's app today. App participating McDonald's delivery prices may be higher than at restaurants. Delivery and other fees may apply copyright 2023 mcdonald's see you guys next week hey it's nick Wright. thank you so much for watching please do us a favor click subscribe it helps my ego and demonze has got a financial bonus writing on a number of youtube subscribers so help him out and also click the bell i don't know what the bell does but they tell me to tell you to click the bell and your audio listeners people that have commutes drives whatever it is Subscribe to the podcast as well, wherever you get the podcast. Same show, just, you know, just in your ears instead of through your eyes. All that, check it out. Appreciate y'all.